Hello everyone, welcome to the Book Lounge. Today we are talking about The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Your hosts, as always, are myself, Corinne Ritchie. And me, Tom Butler-Bowden. And what we do each week is take a great non-fiction book, whether it's an old classic or a more recent one, and we discuss it and dissect it. And I'll give my take on uh, why I think the book is uh, useful or valuable. Um, and also uh, why it's still relevant as well. Yeah, and I will also weigh in on the book and update you with the latest news about the title and the author. Now, for the in-depth knowledge about this book, we recommend two things. One, um, this podcast is brought to you by Memo, so be sure to check out the savable, shareable 10-point memo on this book. You'll find a link to it in the show notes. And two, we recommend you listening to the Book Insights episode on this book, which is a more detailed summary, overview, and analysis. But here in the Book Lounge, it's more of just an informal chat about the book of the week. This week, we are bringing on a guest. Um, She is an award-winning, internationally renowned abstract artist. She's knowledgeable about spirituality, mindfulness, and she was so inspired by this book, The Power of Now, she actually painted her response to the book and held a solo show dedicated to the work. So please welcome Michelle Hold. Hello. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much for being here. You know, it's, it's this is going to be an exciting episode because typically it's like people read the book and then they use it to coach other people or they read the book and, you know, they re- redo their finances or something. So I'm really excited to take a whole different angle with this spiritual book and like going to an artistic place. That's that's great. I think people are going to love to hear it. So, Yes. Welcome, Michelle. You are the first artist that we have had on the podcast. Now... I mean, this is a books podcast, right? And you are a visual artist practicing. So maybe it's a good way to start is to just ask, um, what is the, what is the impact of, of books generally and, and reading, uh, you know, in your life and in, in your development of your art over time? Well, uh, for me, it's quite a big impact because I'm very interested in all the spiritual world. So I'm reading a lot of spiritual books and I'm listening to a lot of spiritual teachers even while I'm painting. Mm. And so their words influence what I'm painting because my painting is abstract. It's very free. It's movement. And so hearing certain words or hearing music influences everything which comes onto the canvas. Mm. Well, I think the power of now is exactly what, when I read it, I thought, well, this is exactly how I paint. Mm. Because he is telling you, Tolle is telling you, that you should stay in this moment right now. So when I paint, uh, for me, the world doesn't exist. I don't know who I am, where I am. I don't know any time. I don't, you know, I get completely lost. And I think this is exactly what he describes, because it means that in this moment, there's nothing more important than the thing you're doing. You're just, you're painting, you're living in the canvas. And, you know, it, uh, you connect also with something much greater around you, you connect with a sort of field. And uh, you know, when the painting is really good, it it surprises myself, you know, Mm -hmm. I look at it and I think like, wow, I've never done this. Mm 
And this means I, I was able to connect to something bigger than myself. I, I believe in that. So I think that, that this is um, a good way to, to uh, start thinking about this book or discussing it because you are saying that there's something beyond your ego or normal self that um, that brings forth something in your painting. Sometimes you're not even sure, you know, where where that came from. So um, Tolle has this idea of being, um, which is separate to to the self or to the ego. So it, is your is your art really just an attempt to uh, let the the ego, the normal self, etc., and let that that being with a capital B uh, come to the fore. Yeah, I would say so. You see, like in the beginning of my career, I thought I was very ambitious, and I thought I have to get into the right galleries and I have to do the right shows, and so this is very much ego. And then there came a point where I thought, what do I really like about painting? And then it came to me: well, the thing I really love is to paint and to make other people happy with my painting. Because there's nothing more beautiful than clients who, who send you pictures of their homes and they say, oh, I'm so amazed, I love it, I love the energy. And so I thought, okay, this is, this is exactly what Tolle Let go of the ego, because the ego is not important. You have a gift, you have something to offer to everybody. And the thing you can offer, you, you offer to the world, because this is exactly why you're here. So, mm. so yeah. when when you're painting, um, are you are you simultaneously like tweeting and also watching TV? And <laughs> no, no, okay, okay. So I think that's that's what makes you the expert. Then is like I feel like most of the folks that watch this, we're we're talking about digital minimalism and how to like carve out an hour of doing nothing. But you're saying no, you dedicate a lot of time to singular focus and just be in the present, right? Well. In psychology, this um, this state of mind where time stops still uh, is called flow, and I think we are doing another book insight on the book called Flow. Um, but where Tolle is coming from is a more metaphysical um, standpoint. Um, so maybe let's go back to the basics. Um, there might be some people who've never read The Power of Now, uh, is possible or, or listen to it. Um, it's sold so many millions of copies. Um, but let's just remind ourselves of Tolle's story, um, which every great spiritual and personal development book has this story of awakening of the author. So Tolle is, is, he was born in 1948 and he was an unhappy boy growing up in post-war Germany. Um, and, you know, he got quite good schooling, etc. But he was all about, you know, negativity and depression. And but then one night he had this sort of dark night of the soul, this crisis, uh, his 29th birthday. He woke up in the middle of the night full of hatred for the world. Um, but then he has this epiphany where he realises that there is this one part of himself which is saying, I can't live with myself, and then... There's the other person or being which is feeling, you know, all the pain. So there's like these two selves and one of them can't be real. 
So after this point, he's, you know, ecstatically happy, you know, for the next few months and makes it his life uh, mission to, um, to sort of spread the word on the illusion of the self. Um, Michelle, I mean, I, I don't expect you'd have had some great dark night of the soul like Tolle, but um, do you, any thoughts on the sort of, on, on the awakening or the, or the epiphany that, that Tolle had? Have you had anything similar to that yourself? Well, I can only tell you one story. I had a lot of problems in, when I had a lot of problems in my relationship, uh, I was uh, looking much more into myself and I thought, just give me a sign if there is something more to, to, to my being than, than just the normal day, you know, just getting up and doing this. And I was in a hotel in, uh, uh, in Africa and the hotel burned down. <laughs> so it was, you know, it was like a shock. We were running, uh, not for our lives, but still we were running to the beach and we saw the whole thing burn down. And then I read like, when something burns, it's a new start. So I thought, okay. This was the sign. You have to start completely not new. You have to really get out of this relationship and start and do really what you like to do. So it was a sort of awakening for me to, to follow what I love to do. Yeah. I, I would love to hear what drew you to the power of now, sort of uh, what, what, how, did, how did you find it? What inspired or sort of what drew you to the book? Well, you know, I was reading, uh, I was hearing a lot him talking because I like his voice and I like uh, the way he does not always speak. I mean, sometimes he's really quiet and he says, I'm just waiting for the words to come to me, which mm. I think is, is wonderful for teacher. <laughs> and so uh, I was doing a research because I made this exhibition, Shades of Silence, and then I made another one, Turning Inside. And so I was reading a lot of his books, not only this one, but I thought, I thought um, the power of now is like classic, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know, uh, th there are a lot of books you, like Siddhartha, I, I was reading when I was a kid, and then you go back to it and you read it again, and you, because depending how you have developed, you read something else in it. And, and this is quite interesting about this book, I think mm. it's for everybody at a different stage of development. Yes, well, that I think that is exactly the mark of a classic. That each stage in your life, you come back to it and find something new. Um, and it's interesting what you said about Tolle's sort of personal style, um, because let's not forget that what really made him super famous was going on the Oprah Winfrey show, and um, he's sort of on the face of it, he seems the least likely guest to be successful on that show uh, you know he's pretty quiet and not extroverted and so on but there was obviously something in the book itself that um that oprah cottoned onto and and understood you know was really powerful in it um so maybe we should maybe we should just go through some of these key ideas um in the book um we mentioned the, the ego and the way that it tries to create um, dramas and problems and um, it always wants to be right 
It likes to complain about things. Um, but there's this other concept which I found fascinating, the pain body. Um, and it's this idea that emotion is your body's reaction uh, to the mind. So everyone has this sort of emotional pain just from living, normal living. Um, and the pain wants to sort of survive inside you unless you do something about it. Um, Michelle, what's your sort of understanding of this pain body and, you know, with your work and have you tried to sort of, you know, investigate it further yourself? Yeah, I mean, Tolly says that women have even more pain body than men do, so this might be true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think we all during our life, we try to overcome the pain in some way. And uh, the pain can be because um, you don't feel you're enough successful. And so I think a way to, to get there is to accept the way things are right now. I think this is, is a great thing because when you look back at your life, and you know, I'm, not, I'm not 20 years old, so I can say it, every step I had to go and every difficulty I had to go through, every pain I had to, to confront brought me further on. It brought me where I am today. And when I look back in the end, I achieved exactly what I wanted to achieve when I was 18 years old. I didn't achieve it in a moment, but when you look at it during your life, you know, in the end you look at it and you go like, yeah, wow. I, I'm almost there, you know, I mean, I should, I should be uh, more at ease with myself for that. Mm. I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't mm. judge myself so much and say always, no, you will never make it and you will never get it. No, I should be happy for every step. And if, I'm, if I can even be happy when difficulties come along, I mean, I, not happy really, but you accept them. You say, okay, this is a difficult thing. What can I do? to overcome it as fast as possible and as less painful possible. And I think that's a good approach. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, yeah. And I think the thing about the being in the now, his point uh, about the power of now is that um, it frees you from worry about the future and regrets about the past. Um, so his technique, if he has any, is um, just surrendering uh, to the moment, uh, being present in even the mundane moments. Um, and I like the idea, he says, that, um, you know, don't worry about being having bored moments. Uh, <laughs> they're part of life. Um, you know, in the social media age, we, we think everyone's having an interesting time every minute um, rather than frustration or whatever. So, um, yeah, what, what do you think about this idea? It's very Eastern idea, uh, Michelle, that you always yield to your experience in the moment, whatever it is, trying or instead of opposing it. So, you know, you sort of, this idea of surrender, has that helped you in your, in your art or your life in some way? 
Yeah, definitely. It, it helps you in, in every, you know, in every step of your day, even the thing of enjoying everything you do. Like if you really, if you're really in the now, for example, you start your day, I start my day drinking tea because I love tea. And so if you really sit there and you feel the tea getting into your body, this warm thing, and you think this is really a wonderful feeling, you know, so your day has already started with a beautiful thing. It's not something you're not looking at a watch and looking at this and running there and doing uh, so many things at the same time, which I know you have to do. But if you just take time every hour to do something really consciously, your whole day seems longer and you seem to have more time because time in the end is something we are just making up in our mind as well. So. Yeah, that's, that's been a big, uh, a big motto in our house ever since the pandemic has been time is a construct. We have no idea what time it is, what day it is. Time is a construct. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's true. Like you said, just staying in that present moment is what this book is all about. So, uh, avoiding those worries about the past, those regrets, those mistakes, and then also removing the fear of the future and just accepting and, uh, and appreciating, like you said, appreciating the tea, appreciating the the moment that you are in for exactly what it is and all the sensations that it brings. And it's so simple, but it's so powerful. And I think that's why millions of people have bought this book is to just, like you said, Michelle, slow down and appreciate that present moment. And there's something so freeing about that. There's something so therapeutic about that um, to just really be present in that moment. Um, yeah, how have you seen that idea of uh, sort of taking yourself apart from past and present and future? How have you seen that uh, impact your your life? How do you use that as a tool? Well, I mean, you know, when you paint, you, you use it anyway. And uh, I'm learning every day because now I have a little grandchild. She's four years old. So I'm learning from her. I can watch her and see how everything she's doing, she's doing so concentrated, you know. There's not, she's never thinking about what will happen afterwards and what will happen when I have finished it. No, she's just doing it. And I think this is something we always had because we have it from when we are small. This is something which is inside us and the world is only distracting us from that, the world around us, you know, this this having to achieve, to run, to go, to do. I know, I mean, I have been a mother of two, two, and I had a big house to run and I had a business to run. So I know you have to, to do many things at the same time. But, uh, you know, it's, it seems like we're running away from, from really the essence what life is mm. in some way. Mm. Yeah, that's really lovely. And Eckhart Tolle says something similar about how animals and children, they just instinctively are in the now. They just do it. They don't need to be told to stay present. Uh, it's something that as adults, we develop over time is this worry and fear and, you know, anxiety and all these things about past and present or past and future rather. Um, but if, like you said, if you can just sort of see it in children, see it in animals, that they're just right where they are and not worried about anything else. It's, there's something really uh, useful about that. Yeah. And I think there's mm -hmm. something else. It's something like he says, uh, oneness. If you mm -hmm. feel that you belong to a bigger system, you know, I mean, everything in your body functions in a way you don't even know. 
especially now during this crisis, we think that we have to take a drug to, to become strong. We are so strong inside, you know, we have everything inside. We have such a beautiful immune system and, and we can't, I mean, traveling, you see it, you, you eat in horrible places and you <laughs> have millions of microbes. If you could all see them, you would go mad, you know? <laughs> but, and, but you survive because yeah. you are made in such a beautiful way. Mm. And, and everything you do is interacted with all the plants around you. Like I have a garden and when I go into my garden and I think, um, what is this? What strange plant is this? And so then I take it and have a look in... in, in on the computer what it is and then I read it is something which could help me so it's it's amazing it's something we don't really see mm. Mm. and you mentioned uh, oneness and which is very big in the book um, because the ego is always trying to separate uh, make you different from other people or groups um, etc and even at the level, the micro level of relationships, this is true. Um, I, I feel the book's very useful uh, on the sections where he talks about relationships um, because his strategy is if you are present uh, with someone, really present, then there's, you, there's no way to judge them because judgment comes from thinking, rational thinking. But if you give all of your being just to be present with that person, um, nothing really needs to be said. And the other person, you know, uh, feels that. And so it can, it can naturally transform a relationship just by being present. Um, uh, Michelle, have you found this, this sort of technique, I guess you'd call it, uh, useful in your own relationships? Yeah, I think it is very, it's, it's very valid. Uh, if they're so, I mean, most people cannot listen to anything, you know, most people just like to talk about themselves and, and things like that. Whereas if you, I mean, I, I think I got this from another book, I think Redfield said, every person you meet has a message for you, you know, mm -hmm. listen to it. Mm -hmm. So now when I meet people, I look at them and I think, okay, what's going to be the message he's going to tell me? And what message can I tell him? Because, you know, we are growing together. So I think life becomes really interesting when you see, when you see it that way. Yeah, definitely. And so it's one of the things Tole talks about is just like you're saying with these, how your impact and your uh, interrelationship with others uh, on a large scale can really impact society. So if you're practicing the power of now, you're staying present, you're looking for those messages from others and, uh, and really being present with them, it doesn't just affect you and that other person. It has this spread effect where, um, you know, if you're interacting that way with everyone and they are interacting that way with everyone, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so that's something that, that Power of Now talks about is sort of the societal implications on a big scale of what uh, being in the power of now, what being present uh, can do on a, on a large scale. So um, making people on, on a whole less prone to fear, more compassionate, uh, feeling more empathy for one another and not feeling that resources are so scarce that there needs to be any type of tension about them, but rather just appreciating what is 
um, and and really clearing up a lot of the problems of the ego that that we talked about a bit earlier. Um, so, but Michelle, I'd love to hear from you on the like society level. Um, what your thoughts are on the power of now and how it could impact society as a whole. Yeah, I think it definitely uh, affects society because the way we think, for me, there exists a sort of field where all our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions, because in the end, we are all energy. Mm -hmm. So each of our energy feeds into that field and the other ones feed again from that field. You know, you can see it. Like I, I can see it, for example, when I look at paintings and I think, gosh, this looks almost like my painting. But it's not that the guy copied it because I can see who is copying and who is not copying. But I can see there's this energy in the air. There, is, uh, there can be an energy of restriction. So you can see really dark, horrible things. And then there's a period where you see all this light floating paintings and you go and, and even in the music you can see it and the dancers are just mm. flying over, mm. over, the, the, over the, the stage and so you go like oh wow yeah I mean this is really interesting because it's in the air mm. we say it's in the air but that's what it means you know that sounds a lot like um, Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic, where she kind of has similar ideas about creative ideas floating and they're going to find a host and it just, you don't know where, who it's going to be and what art form it's going to come out as, but they're in, the, they're in the ether somewhere and they're just looking to come out somewhere. Mm. Well, I think art and music are both, um, they're not rational creations, really, the sort of front of the brain. Um, but let me, um, play devil's advocate here. You know, someone might come to this book, Power of Now, and think, well, it's all great, all the oneness and being in the present, etc." But civilization was built from people planning into the future and using their left brains to create things, manufacturing, planning, processes, etc. If we were all just at the level of being, would anything have ever happened? <laughs> um, so I don't know, guys, what do you think about this criticism? Um, or is it we only need the power of now because we've created civilization and it's made us a bit crazy? No, I think a lot of, uh, even a lot of scientists tell you their best thought comes when they go out and walk in the wood. I mean, it's not why they... Uh, <laughs> while they're in, in the laboratory, but they go outside and all of a sudden the right idea comes to them. So, mm -hmm. Very true. Yeah, that's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I think uh, it, it probably society would look different if everyone were actually able to do what this book talks about and stay in the power of now. I think society would look different because without fear, how many things that we enjoy and appreciate today wouldn't exist. Like if you weren't afraid of what's going to happen or traumatized about what happened in the past, I think society would look very, very different. Um, so it, I think it's hard to, you know, put the toothpaste back in the tube. <laughs> like we don't, I think we've come so far with so many generations of fear and worry that it's brought society to where it is now. So I don't know. I think it's, it's hard to say, um, but maybe that's a, a, a good uh, meditation place to go to is that version of earth where fear 
and regret are not a thing. And um, maybe that's useful. I don't know. <laughs> but they can measure even the, 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 you know, the vibrations of the people. Mm -hmm. And they say that there are certain periods where the vibration of everybody goes worldwide so down mm -hmm. and something really terrible happens. So it seems that it goes down before the terrible thing happens, which is very interesting. Which, you know, I don't know, it, it seems something really strange. And they say, like, during what we have gone through, um, you know, fear, the only big part was fear. Because if we wouldn't have been fearful, if we would have said, so what, you know, then uh, nothing would have happened. But uh, uh, we were trained mm. to have fear. And I think this is something we have to get rid of. It's exactly what... What this period is showing us, it's showing us, don't be fearful. You have, uh, you have everything inside you, um, you know? Mm. So maybe then we'd be much further advanced if we, <laughs> if we didn't have this fear than we are now, actually. That's a very interesting thought. Um, and the, you're mentioning, um, Michelle, vibration. Um, it seems to me that uh, Tolle's book is very in line with science, actually, and um, what we've learned the last 30 years in quantum physics, that we don't live in a Newtonian universe, a, a billiard ball hitting each other. Um, everything is a lot more fluid and with fewer barriers between things than we thought. Um, so, yeah, it's very good that you mentioned that um, because some people might think this book is a bit um, sort of pie in the sky or new agey but actually uh, if you if you study it um, there's not it's not very woo-woo at all um, I think all of his all of the concepts that he talks about are consistent with science I mean as far as I can see mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we do cover some of the more woo-woo, as you mentioned, Tom, the, the uh, you know, think about it, manifest it, make it real. And just to clarify for anyone who's not read the book yet, this is not that book. This is not the, um, you know, think about it and manifest it in your life kind of a thing. Uh, it's a very different, his is more on coping and accepting and he's not going to tell you how to get the Ferrari you want. That's not, not, not this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so maybe we've reached this point in the show, uh, Michelle, where we give the book a rating or bookmark out of five and uh, in a brief way explain why we've given that, given that number. Um, Corinne, do you want to go first? Sure, sure. Um, so I will say I, I want to give this book four out of five bookmarks. Um, I, I love it in that I find it useful and helpful for, like I said, for coping. I think when things get uh, worried, when I get worried or when things get uh, stressful, I find it useful to um, remind myself about the power of now. And um, practically what that looks like for me is I kind of go through the all the senses where I just take a moment and say, okay, what am I hearing? What am I seeing? What am I feeling? What am I, you know, just kind of going through the senses and really forcing myself to be in a very present state and just rid of everything except the very 
fleeting present moment. So for those reasons, I'd say I think it's useful, it's practical, it's helpful, so I give it four. The only reason I take one off is just um, because, as you mentioned, Tom, it's not a state you can stay in forever. Uh, you know, it's a useful tool that you can breeze in and out of, but, you know, as a busy working mom of two, uh, finding those times for the present is, is uh, they're, they're, they're fleeting. They're not, not very often, unfortunately, uh, with lots of demands on, you know, kids don't understand. I'm in the present moment right now. I'm not getting you juice. Like, that's just not, <laughs> not the way that it goes. So, yeah, for that reason. Not planning a vacation, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Michelle? Well, I think it's a classic, so I would give it a five because I think in different stages of your life, you go back to it. It's like um, the books from Coelho, The Alchemist. It's something you read and you, you think, yeah, okay, maybe in this stage I'm in, I cannot do it all day long, but it doesn't matter because if the concept is in me, even, I can even look at myself and say, all right, right now I'm not in, in this moment, but I know what it is, the power of the moment. So mm -hmm. that's already enough. You are yeah. aware enough, and that's already enough, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, well, I give it a five as well. Um, I'm biased because I wrote this book called 50 Spiritual Classics, going back 2,000 years to the present, and I only had a few slots for, like, books of the last 15 years, and I included the power of now. Um, it really did blow me away when I read it. Um, and uh, again, like you, Corinne, it's hard to remember to sort of come back to it. Um, and the principles is very easy to forget. Um, but the thing I really liked about it, which has also been a criticism of the book, is that it's very much a distillation of Eastern or Asian um, metaphysical concepts, particularly Buddhism. But he, Tolly never really sort of gives sources or anything. Um, he says it just came from his own epiphany or meditation, etc. But I, I don't hold that against him. And um, I think anyone who hasn't read the book or listened to it, I highly recommend it, even if you're not into this sort of literature. Um, it, it is one of the greats you know, of recent times. Yeah, that's right. It reminds me a lot of When Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron. It's also got that like Buddhist influenced kind of uh, Eastern meets Western philosophy of how to make things really simple and introduce people to these concepts in a way that's really approachable. Um, so, and it's all about the, you know, rejecting the highs and lows of life, the, the emotional highs and lows, and just seeking that middle path. So not aiming for a, a ecstatic joy and not avoiding pain and sorrow, but rather expecting both and just aiming for um, accepting whatever comes and knowing that good and bad are just labels that our mind stamps on things, but it's not necessary and uh, it can cause more trouble than, than it's worth. So, um, yeah, yeah, like I like you said, I think it is a, a great way to kind of introduce Eastern philosophy, and um, yeah, very useful for sure. Now he has been very good during this time because he made videos all the time, yeah. and I think his videos bring people out of depression. I mean, because yeah. it's he he is so simple. His way is so simple to explain you what you're going through, mm. and you know it can really help. Um, yeah. So. Mm. 
yeah, he's very peaceful to listen to or, or watch, get into that frame of mind. Um, so, Corinne, I mean, do, you, do we have, do we know, I haven't really kept track what Eckhart has been doing the last few years or even, as you say, Michelle, during the pandemic? Yeah, yeah, he has definitely been a source of um, peace and uh, refuge for a lot of folks in the past year during the pandemic. Um, he's got over a million followers on YouTube, and he weekly releases um, videos where he's uh, sharing new uh, sort of his philosophies in ways that are short, approachable, easy to apply. Um, and so, yeah, today he's 73. He's written seven books on spirituality and mindfulness. Um, he even wrote a like power of now type children's book called Milton's Secret. So uh, if you've got elementary schoolers at home like I do, uh, they can even start thinking about um, how to stay present with that book called Milton's Secret. Um, yeah, so uh, Oprah, he is still uh, connected to Oprah. Um, she has him now doing his own podcast. Uh, yeah, so like I think it's Super Soul Sunday sort of presents Eckhart Tolle. And so he's got uh, his podcast that he's been doing as well. So he's still he's still helping people to find that uh, that middle path and, um, and and find inner peace. So yeah, mm. amazing um, contributor. Um, yes, yeah, so it, we've just this has been a fantastic um, chat informal chat about Eckhart Tolle's book. Um, but we've also got a book insight on the power of now, which you can listen to. Um, and that's a more sort of in-depth, detailed look at the themes uh, in the book. Um, so make sure you, you listen to that as well, because um, that can give you um, a bit more sort of deeper understanding uh, of the issues that Tolle talks about. That's right. And if you want something uh, that's a quick reference that you can take with you and uh, easily look through, we've got a 10-point memo on this book as well. So be sure to check for that link in the show notes. So Michelle, if people have heard uh, about your art and now they're dying to see what it looks like because, you know, they haven't seen it, they've just heard it on the podcast, how do they connect with you and your art? Well, you can go to my website, which is www.michelleholt.com. <laughs> and you can have a look at there and uh, you know I'm happy you can email me I'm happy to do a painting exactly for your home <laughs> I've done this many many times people send me photos and then I will just find something which you really really love and we do it together almost <laughs> so thank you <laughs> Very nice. Well, well thank you co so much. cooperative art. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, not awesome. really. But they tell me I want these colors and I want mm -hmm. that. A lot of artists say, no, no, no. What I do, I do what I do. Mm -hmm. But I have worked a lot with interior designers, and so you know, I think a home has to be a balance, and a painting is something really important in a home because it opens your window to another world. It can be a dreamy painting. It can be even so energetic that in the morning you feel like oh, wow so much energy a lot of people have it in their office because they go I, I mean everybody works different when they when look at this painting so I think you know, it's a great way to 
have a visual on the wall. <laughs> Absolutely. And if people want to see the specific works that you painted in response to the power of now, like if they want to see the collection or the painting that um, was inspired by this book, is there, can we give them a link? Is that possible? Um, we can give them, yeah, I can give you, I mean, I have many, many paintings and a lot of these from turn, it was called, my uh, exhibition was called Turning Inside, mm. but a lot of them I've sold already, so mm. they're not so many. But still, my, now I'm, my new collection is called New Beginnings mm. or Dance With Me because uh, I feel very light in this moment where everybody is so depressed. I mm. feel very light. Mm. I don't know why. I think artists are always a step ahead of everyone else. Yeah. So I think nice times will come to us and I just feel this already. And so my paintings are very light in this moment and very full of motion and energy and <laughs> not depressed. Ah, lovely. Well, I'm sure people are going to want to see that. So we'll definitely link to your art in the show notes. So thank you so much again for joining us. Really appreciate your artistic and spiritual insights as we talked about the power of now and um, listeners and viewers on YouTube. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to connect with us on social media. We are on the Twitters and the Instagrams and the Facebook. So find us at Book Insights Pod. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. Every week we'll be here with a new uh, book insight or book lounge episode and hope you'll tune in again every Wednesday. Mm -hmm.